occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 54. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses on this freezing evening. Very cold. What are you covering today, Kate? Today, I'll be telling you about the first televised poltergeist. Nice, me too. Yeah, uh, whoops, sorry to all of the Patreons who I told we were doing basically the same story because we didn't realise that we were doing that. No, I planned to do the movie The Poltergeist, the real pol- the Poltergeist, and then upon researching it I realised... Spoiler, that's Popper the Poltergeist. That's the same one. So then I scrambled something together. So I'm going to tell you about the hauntings of Pluckley Village in Kent, which is the most haunted place in the uk interestingly not that far from where i grew up yeah so that's exciting that it is lots of spooky little little people going on in there they're regular sized people i believe (laughs) well that's good to know even more scary (laughs) do you have any news i do have any news many news do you have any good news no the news is that from the daily star is there a six foot ape man near london Probably. A man claims to have had a spooky encounter when he came close to a Bigfoot-type animal in Box Hill, Surrey, in the middle of the night. Oh, sorry, it was the middle of the day, which makes it even weirder. He was training on Box Hill because he's an amateur athlete, and he heard large steps coming near him. And he thought, obviously, oh, it's a dog walker, before he looked behind him to see a large ape man. Was it a costume? Its fur was brown and grey, it had a human-like face and a domed head. Maybe it was just someone really ugly. It stood on two legs and slumped forward with really long arms. Apparently, it also smelled really bad, like a farm. Allow it, it's just like Peter Crouch wearing a fur coat. <laughs> and it looked to be made of solid muscle. So maybe it's a real animal. I don't know. Seems a bit uh, unlikely, but I'm open-minded. What do you think? I've already said. <laughs> Peter Crouch with a domed monkey costume. <laughs> Sounds... Sounds fun, yeah. Sounds believable. I have seen some things in London that I will not quickly forget. So I can imagine someone walking around in this horrific monkey outfit. No Just problem. looking at people in the middle of the day. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Google Box Hill Ape Man if you want to get more info on that. Yeah. If Let you us wanna... know if you've seen him. Let us know if you found love with him. Let us know if you are him. Dude, Please, yeah. I would love to have an interview with the Box Hill Ape Man. That would be so interesting. It's or just like <laughs> some guy that was filming and he just forgot to take his prosthetics off. Or if you are a different kind of cryptid, please also let us know. If you're any form to... of Ape Man, then do not hesitate to contact us. Or Sea Monster, anything like that. Yeah. I would love to. Serial Killer. Me versus Nessie. I'm like, so how's your day been? And she's like, <laughs> I don't know what she would sound like, but I imagine it's probably that. I was imagining like, maybe that's like her sad wail. I hope she doesn't get sad. I'll send her a gift basket of some fruits or something. Um, She's a sea animal, wouldn't she eat like fish? Everyone likes fruit. (laughs) You sound like my parents. (laughs) Everyone loves a good clementine. At the raffles, they are running straight towards that fruit basket. Everyone else is in it for like the champagne or the chocolate. No. Pauline is absolutely 
crawling over people. She's like kicking kids out of the way because she's afraid that someone's going to take her fruit basket. Do your parents know that you can buy fruit? Yeah, and they do often. They just love it. They live for for fruit. Nothing wrong with a good old bit of fruit. Anyway, this has been four minutes of nonsense. So please tell me about this poltergeist. (laughs) Yes, okay. My sources are AmericanHauntingsInc.com, Wikipedia, AlexMatsuo.com, NationalGeographic.co.uk, HauntJaunts.net, and TrueLegends.info. The events of Popper the Poltergeist first took place on the 3rd of February, which some say is objectively the best day of the year. Oh, why is that, Kate? I was born then. (laughs) I'm predictable, I'm basic, it's a good day. This wasn't on the year I was born, though. She's saying that so that on February 3rd, everyone sends her a fruit basket. I am. I'm like, please, Lord, send me your clementines. Ape man. (laughs) Wasn't in the year I was born. It was back in 1958 in Seaford, New York. That was the year my mum was born. Oh, my God. If me and your mum were, like, one person. From New York. This is a smaller suburb, and in 2010, only had 15,000 people in. So I imagine back in the 50s, it was like really, really small. Because 15,000 is like tiny for America, isn't it? I mean, it is in general, really, but definitely for America. I'm, I imagine I've not been. I mean, you say that for the, but for the past 10 years of my life, I was living in a village where there was like maybe max 100 people. Yeah, well, I actually looked up what a village class is as because I don't know how popular they are in like. America? Do they have villages? Is that a stupid thing to say? I don't know. I feel like even when they have like rural places, there's still a lot of people there. Yeah, a village is between like 500 to like 1,500 people, really. Wow. What is smaller than a village? A house. House. (laughs) Any less than 500. It's just considered one big house. One big outdoor house with multiple other houses. (laughs) Uh, like a town? Is a town smaller than a village? town is bigger. Wow. What is smaller than a village? A hamlet. Did you know that? No, I just googled it. Oh. It's a small settlement without a church. And there you know. There you go. What if you have a church and it's smaller than 500? A- anyway, this isn't... A, vill- if you know, a small village. If you actually pass GCSE geography, then please let us know. <laughs> I did. Wait. I didn't take it. Nope, me neither. Interestingly, it's relatively close to Amityville, which, as you'll know if you listen to the older episodes, is where other poltergeists, poltergeists resided. If you haven't listened to that, then good, because I think it'll make you more likely to believe the events that are about to uh, about to follow. Also because the audio quality is just ghastly, really. <laughs> it breaks my heart when people are like, I've listened to all of your episodes. Like, I went back and started from the beginning. I'm like, honestly, I applaud you. Like, thank you, you so much. very sweet, but please don't. Yeah, but <laughs> don't. The first three episodes are poor. Anyway. So this all happened to the Herman family. The Herman family consisted of Lucille, a registered nurse and mum of two. And she was married to James, who worked for Air France, so he was away a lot in New York City. The kids were, confusingly, named Lucille and James, who were 13 and 12, respectively. So anyway, on February 3rd, everything was going normally. The kids had come back from school, and they were in the kitchen, until about half past three in the afternoon. They were with their mother in the kitchen, when suddenly they heard lots of pops coming from different rooms of the house. When they went to go check it out, they found that many different types of bottles containing varied contents 
had basically exploded around the house. Things ranging from bleach to starch to shampoo to medicine, even to the mother's bottle of holy water kept in her bedroom. It wasn't even as if all of the lids were cork, or something like that. Or something that had the capacity to explode, even. Like the way champagne kind of like pops off when you open it. Yeah. These were screw-top lids. And like I say, something like starch doesn't often explode. Some of the bottles had been upturned fully, as though someone or something had done it deliberately, rather than just it exploding. Oh, also, I refer to the mother and children as mother blank and baby blank, just so you know who I'm talking about. Right, thank you. That I was going to say was going to get very confusing. Mother Lucille phoned Father James. <laughs> He's not a priest. As he was away at work to tell him what had happened. Although he was confused, since no one had hurt him. Wait, since no one had hurt themselves and nothing bad had really happened he was like why are you telling me this kind of thing yeah he was just like a bit confused but he decided it didn't really warrant coming home early from work so he arrived home just before 7 p.m that evening and he'd spent a lot of time in the day kind of figuring out what on earth had happened there because obviously it's confusing even though no one was hurt he thought maybe it had something to do with there being too much humidity in the rooms and then when he checked in the rooms they seemed fine so, and also, it had happened in the basement, kitchen, bathroom, and master bedroom. Very random. Yeah, and like the Why bedroom. Why does the ghost hate liquid so much? <laughs> the um basement would tend to have like it would be cooler and have like less humidity and stuff. So that's a no there. Equally, as I said, the bottles were screw tops, so humidity, although it might have affected like a cork, or even made our plastic bot bottles pop. You know, like when the carbonation like gets to them and stuff. Yeah. However, plastic bottles weren't available commercially until 1973, so these were just glass with screw top. Interesting. Yeah. He also considered that maybe there was a chemical reaction in the bottles, but decided that that wouldn't explain why it had happened to the variety of bottles all at the same time. Anyway, the family just basically gave up. Fair enough. They just shrugged it off. They were like, well, that was weird, wasn't it? Sometimes strange things just happen and you've just got to take a bath and go to bed. Exactly. And as well, it was the 1950s, so the family was like, this is weird. Don't tell anyone or they'll think we're weird. Fair. So just, just keep it amongst yourselves, kids. Pretend this didn't happen. We'll move on. Exactly. Then on Thursday, two days later, more bottles did exactly the same thing. This time it was bleach, nail polish, rubbing alcohol, detergent... And the holy water again. Oh, really getting after that one. Yeah. But, so it wasn't just like a one-off. It wasn't just those products that did it. I mean, the bleach cropped up a few times. The holy water cropped up a few times. But like, stuff like the starch. It never happened to the starch again. So. And on Friday, so the next day, the same happened again. At which point, Father James was like, okay, it's my son that's doing this. He's pranking us all. Fair enough. I think I would have the same thoughts, really. Definitely. You've got a 13 and a 12-year-old in your house and you're thinking it's a ghost before you're thinking it's them. No. 12-year-olds be doing some shit. 12-year-olds <laughs> are a pain in the ass. <laughs> Changed my mind. <laughs> Baby James was known for his love of science and the events normally happened once the children were home from school. So for the next two days, Father James kept a close eye on his son. 
To his surprise, though, after watching him closely for the Friday evening and Saturday, on Sunday the 9th, oh, Sunday the 9th, sorry, the pops came from the starch, turpentine, and holy water. So he knew it couldn't have been his son because he had been like watching him like a hawk, which led Father James to become quite confused and angry. Sorry for 12, by the way. I don't mean any offense to you personally. I'm only joking. I don't like anyone. So fair. <laughs> Age does not matter. For those wondering, he thought his son's grand plan was that he would put carbonated capsules inside random bottles just in time for them to go off when he returned from school so that he could see his mum freak out. I mean, that would make sense. Also, I love that the dad was like, this logical plan is what my son has thought of. Right? Like, how specific? Maybe he just did stuff like that before, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Even after he saw that it wasn't his son doing this, he accused him. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Baby James was just brushing his teeth, and then his dad stormed in like, Oi, this is you. And he was like, it's not me. I am just as confused and as scared as everyone else. At this exact moment, Father James saw a bottle of medicine slowly move across the top of the sink into the basin. Ooh. Then a bottle of shampoo fell to the ground. His father thought that even this was a practical joke, so he started searching for wires or something similar, but he found nothing. It was then that they knew that it was not just baby James messing around. I like that the ghost, the poltergeist, was like, Wait, you can't get the credit for this. I thought of this. It's me. No I'm other, the cool one. No other poltergeist has ever done this as big as I am. Don't <laughs> let him take the credit. From here, the family didn't really know what to do, so they phoned the local de police department. Obviously, they were met with the police thinking they were joking, but luckily, the family had a good reputation in town, and eventually, Officer James Hughes was sent out to investigate the strange occurrences. There's another character called James. Yep, you heard me right. That's another James. <laughs> I feel like there's two names in this entire town. <laughs> Although he was sceptical, about five minutes into him being in the property, some bottles in the bathroom fired themselves at him, and no one else was around to have caused it. The case was then handed over to Detective James. <laughs> I'm joking. It was Detective Joseph Tozzi who thought they were just experiencing something with a totally rational explanation, or that it was a prank. He got to the house on February the 11th, and on his first visit, some perfume dumped itself out on the floor of baby Lucille's bedroom. Joseph stated in his police reports that no one was in the room at the time. Then, as the days progressed, the weird events started to focus more and more around Mother Lucille's bottle of holy water in her bedroom. When Father James noticed it had been knocked over on one specific occasion, he picked it up to find it was super hot to the touch. Ooh. Big <laughs> ghostly activity. Can't be a good sign. Then on the 15th, things got a little bit more sort of aggressive. The kids were watching TV with a second cousin, Mary Murtha, and she was like older. She wasn't like kid age. When suddenly a porcelain doll near the couch was lobbed through the air, crashing onto the ground. But the doll was completely undamaged. I hate that. Yeah. So everyone was like, that's a bit weird. Now we've got someone that's not in the immediate family to say, like, this definitely happened. I didn't see the kids touch it at all. Like, it put a lot to rest. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the poor police 
were doing everything they could to figure out what on earth was going on. Detective Joseph had checked with the Air Force to see if it was the result of sonic booms, to which they said it couldn't be caused by that. Joseph asked the Radio Corporation of America if it could be their radio waves. It could not. I love how they're doing all of this instead of just being like, do you think it's a ghost? Yeah, cool. Yeah, right. The Long Island Lighting Company set up an oscilloscope to see if it was the underground vibrations, which it was not. Holy crap. Building inspectors were contacted, but said that the house was structurally sound, which is unsurprising, as it was only built in 1953. So, The local fire department even checked the well on the property to see if it was changes in water levels. However, the fire department reported that the levels had been stable for at least five years. They ended up building a rotary metal turbine in the chimney, to see if the stuff moving around was because of just a huge draft. But as soon as the workmen had completed this, the porcelain figure slammed itself into a desk, denting the wood. Oh my god. Obviously the police had their suspicions that it was all a hoax. However, it was ruled not possible because all of the officers saw how shaken they'd all become. So they were like, they would have stopped it by now, really. Since the Herman family was Catholic, they decided to go to Father William McLeod, and he came to the house sprinkling holy water. He, I presume, didn't bother filing for an exorcism or anything, so that's all he did. But the weird events kept kept happening. So then reporters got wind of weird stuff going on. Soon the family was swamped by the press whenever they left their home. Everyone was there taking photos and stuff. Yeah, it'd be like that. Then because of the press, people would send them letters and make phone calls to the Hermans with their own ideas of what was going on. That must be so annoying. (laughs) As a side note, they read every single letter and listened to every single phone call, just in case someone was right and they could stop it. That's sweet. I know. Like, the rotary turbine was from a letter, and um, sometimes it would be like... I think I know what's going on. Like, mind if I come over and check? And they'd be like, sure. That's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. I guess it's good that it happened to them because I feel like with every other story, people are kind of assholes about it. You know what I mean? That's what I thought was going to happen when you said people were sending letters. People are usually like, why are you doing this for attention? And all this other stuff. I mean, they got that as well. And they got like, you have sinned, which is why you're, you know. Yeah. People are just nasty sometimes. On February 20th, more figurines were smashed into the desk. A bottle of ink was popped and a sugar bowl fell off the table. Sorry, flew off the table. At this point, the family was like, we need a break, we're off. So they went to stay the night with a local relative. While they did this, Detective Joseph stayed in the house on his own. Bless him. And nothing strange happened at all. The evening that the family returned, though, the sugar bowl again flew off, and this time smashed all over the floor. Man, that's going to be a hefty cleanup. <laughs> well, I i don't know why I presumed it was sugar cubes. I don't know how common sugar cubes are in America, though. I thought they were more common than America. Are they? I don't know. I've never been. I have, <laughs> but I didn't study their sugar. At the end of February, bigger things started to move. A bookcase in baby James's room had fallen face down on the floor 
even though no one had been in the room all day. The record player started to levitate across the room. A small statue of the Virgin Mary was thrown into a mirror. A fully stocked bookcase was stood on the wrong end, like upside down. A world globe narrowly missed Detective Joseph, and a bronze statue of a horse flew into the detective's legs. It weighed nearly 100 pounds, and no one was in the basement. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Papa's getting pretty angry. I know, right? Stop calling me that. It's demeaning. (laughs) Papa's straight off popping off. All right. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, When you you say Papa, I keep hearing it as like Papa Smurf. Papa, can you hear me? (laughs) That's all they're singing out. Oh, he's the daddy of all poltergeists. Father. (laughs) At this point, the parapsychology laboratory at Duke University in North Carolina got in touch with the family. They believed it was a case of psychokinesis. Dr. J. Pratt travelled to the home and said he thought someone in the house was unknowingly causing all of the troubles through psychokinesis. Fair. The Duke researchers had found that if a child was going through puberty, and this child was normally a girl, then they may be capable of psychokinesis without realising it. In this instance, they said it could be baby James, as he'd been at more than 75% of the scenes at the time they'd been happening. Fair. Which is why everyone thought it was him playing pranks in the first place. All the time that these scientists were here, chatting to baby James, recording everything, there was no sign from the poltergeist. It wasn't until two days after the scientists had all left, on March the 2nd, that Papa made himself known again. Dishes shattered, tables flipped over, and bookcases were stood on their ends again. A week later, on the 10th, The family were getting ready for bed when they heard another pop from the basement. They went down to find a bottle of bleach with no lid. This was the last occurrence of Popper. It had been just over a month and there had been 67 recorded disturbances, with no one being able to figure out what was going on. And just like that, it ended. And there's been nothing since. Wow. But if all of this speaking about it isn't good enough for you guys, then you can go check out the film Poltergeist from 1982, which is apparently based off of the story. Apparently it's one of the scariest films ever. Yeah, well, there was kind of like a bit of confusion as to whether it was about this, because it's all relatively harmless. Yeah, poltergeists are, though, mostly, aren't they? They're just kind of annoying. Doesn't their name just mean, like, loud ghost? Yeah, they just kind of, like, rattle shit about. Yeah. And bother you. And you're like, will you please? Yeah, I'd say they're more bothersome than worrisome. Yeah, I would still worry about it, but I wouldn't be so worried as like, obviously like a demon was in your house Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I thought it was quite interesting because I was quite surprised anyway that the first kind of, obviously, like I know television isn't actually that old, but I mean, definitely super recorded um, poltergeist activity. It was only in the 50s. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, like, whether media definitely affected um, reportings of it. You know what I mean? In what way? Well, like, sometimes it's like um, PTSD, right? We learned about it. And as the knowledge that night terrors came out to the public more with PTSD, 
then people with PTSD reported more night terrors. Interesting. It's like when you sort of convince yourself something and then you get it, kind of. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, um, I talked about it in my mini-sub with Megan, I think, when we did that. Um, I used to be deathly afraid of sleep paralysis because I'd seen all of these things about it where it's like, you see these shadow people, you can't move, people sit on your chest. Like, And I was like, I don't want that at all. Understandably. Yeah, but it was to the point where it was like, I read that you get it more if you sleep on your back, if you have any light into the room. So I used to sleep on my side with the covers over my head. Like I was that afraid of it. It was when I was about 15. I went through a real phase of it. And then I was so scared of it that I thought about it every single night. And then I got it because I'd been thinking about it so much because I'd never had anything like it before. And it wasn't that bad. I didn't see anything. And I, I could move after like a minute, but I was trying to talk and it, it wasn't it wasn't working. And I think it was because I just kind of kept accidentally subconsciously being like, I won't have this, I won't have this, to the point where I just had it, you know? Yeah, I mean, less like that, but like, if you're introduced to something completely new, like I imagine most people knew about like ghosts sort of in general, but they didn't know about the subcategory of poltergeist. Yeah. You know, so then when um, information started coming out more, maybe people started reporting it more. Maybe they started reporting it more because they were like, finally, we know what's going on. Possibly, yeah. But equally, maybe they started reporting it more because they would hear a creak on the floor and they'd be like, oh my god, it's a poltergeist, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that was interesting. Also interesting that it just up and left. Yeah, got bored. I find it interesting that um, all of the bottles and stuff, and that's like the main point, Mm -hmm. but that's such a specific thing to be doing. I guess it's just an annoyance, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite irritating and loud. Exactly. If your existence is to be irritating and loud, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the liquids would have, like... You know if you squeeze a bottle? Like, if you squeeze, um, like, shampoo hard enough, the top will just come off, and then it'll squirt everywhere. Yeah. It was like that. Well, that's so irritating. Exactly. I had no idea that plastic bottles were introduced that late that sounds really dumb and like what a young person thing to say well plastic was introduced in 1907 uh that was when it was first invented what i was just laughing because we were just making a joke earlier about how kate always knows everything for some reason no i looked it up (laughs) because i was like when were plastic bottles invented um so that is that is when plastic was invented yeah Um, but yeah, I guess the bottles, I think the bottles came about as like a kind of an accident and then they were like, oh my God, we can use these. This is totally safe to drink out of and stuff. It's a shame really because glass is so much easier to recycle. But I guess it's like, again, such a young person thing to say, but like, you know, when Back to the Future, when he goes back to the 50s and he asks for a Pepsi and they give him like a, a glass bottle and he doesn't know how to get the lid off it. Yeah. One of so I should reference. have known that. It's my favourite movie, so I should, should have known how to, that they were introduced later. But I don't know. I feel like, because obviously I've, I've only 23, I've been with them forever. Yeah. Me and Plastic Bottles have been together forever. I'm going to stop you absolutely chatting shit now about your your nightmares and Plastic Bottles. Thank you. How scary do you think this is? Um, Like a three. Yeah. I think it's scary that something's in your house and it's bothering you enough that it could hurt you or you just, if you just don't know but yeah I think like it's it was kinda, slamming around bookcases and whatever yeah and i think it's kind of scary that it left as well because 
then you don't know if it's actually gone or whether it's just still there and not bothering you. Yeah, it's just being quiet in Is the corner. Like again? that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> How dangerous. Like a two. Yeah. Yeah, well, no one was hurt, but you could have been hurt with the hundred pound horse. Well, it hit him in the legs, it did hurt him. Yeah, like but if it hit you in like the head, you could die. Oh yeah. Yeah, for and, sure. And like the porcelain doll. Like it was definitely a threat to your life, but it wasn't as dangerous as some of the others, I think. Yeah, it wasn't coming for you. Yeah. He was just like, I'm going to knock you over. <laughs> Whoa, you're going to fall. Uh, what's the likelihood? Four. Yeah. Fair. Well, I don't want to say a five because I always like to be a little bit more skeptical with poltergeists because it is like quite a large specific thing to claim. You know, like with a lot of ghosts, they'll be in your house, but they won't really bother you so much. Yeah. But a poltergeist is like, I have to believe that there's something in the house and that it's doing, it's messing you with you to this degree. Mm. But I can't think of anything else that would be with the bottles. That's the weirdest thing to me. Yeah. It's not even just moving stuff. Fair enough. Oh, and as a side note, there were more theories about what was going on. Uh, and they were just, they were all disproved. The Indian burial ground came up again. It keeps happening with poltergeists. Yeah, it was not that. Everyone was like, well, that's just a big bologna sandwich, isn't it, really? <laughs> bologna sandwich. Um, and something to do with magnetic fields, that was disproved by geologists. Um, so just to round that bit off. Any alternatives? Poltergeist. Well, that that isn't an alternative. We don't have it as alternatives. It's ideas, actually. All right, sorry. It's because you keep you changing. You clearly it. don't follow our Instagram Poltergeist. page. I do. And prank, prank, nothing else. I can't think of anything else. It would be everything else sounds like it was disproved. So, pretty much, yeah. It took them a real while to be like, all right, maybe it's something otherworldly. Nice. Yeah, people were like, it's aliens. <laughs> Me. <laughs> people were writing and being like, well, actually, there were UFOs spotted not too far from you, so maybe it's the the waves coming off of the alien spaceships and they were just like mm, maybe thank you for your call nice love that was that you before you were born yeah my old form my alien form before i came down to earth as a baby oh my god i didn't mean were you the alien i meant were you the crazy caller oh uh <laughs> no i was the alien anyway anyway if you like the podcast and you want to follow us on social media, please do that at Myths Magic Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're getting better at Twitter. But Facebook and Instagram, especially Instagram, absolutely delightful platform to go follow us on there. If you want to support us with money, then you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Myths Magic Murder. Helps us fund the show. Thank you to everybody who already donates through that. Through what? Patreon. That is patreon is it patreon.com forward slash it's magic murder i just said it hell yeah no i'm just reiterating it for everyone oh i thought you like didn't hear me i was like are you even here with yeah me? no i left the room and i can't <laughs> um yeah like abby says thank you guys so much over on patreon we don't have any tears we just give you guys what you want we've asked recently what people want to see more of on there so we're going to be doing all of that um little side stories giving you guys up to date with behind the scenes content letting you guys know what's going to be happening 
before we do it, although <laughs> this week was a bit of a mess about because we didn't know what we were going to be doing because we were doing the same thing. Yeah, we got a big backlog of extra episodes and stuff on there as well. So if you join, you get all of that stuff already. Yeah. Um, thank you also so much to everyone that's been messaging us. We like to hear that you guys like the podcast. It's very, very nice. It makes us very motivated when we can't really be bothered today to do it. You know, when you're like, oh, I don't want to sit for an hour. <laughs> you're like, it's cold. I don't really want to research. Like, it, it really is nice. And we really do appreciate it. So thank you so much. Also, if you have any terrifying tales, spooky stories, or haunted happenings, you can email those over to us on mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com. Oh, and if you want merch, you can grab it at mythsmagicandmurder.com. Click on the merch button. 10% off for Patreons. Woo! Okay, so today I'm going to be telling you about the ghosts of Pluckley Village in Kent. Woo! Are you familiar with Kent, Kate? Yes, I am. It's very green, and that is what we are known for. We're called the Garden of England. Oh, how nice. I know, lovely. I'm from a place that has the word liver in it, so that's good. Sources. And pool. It's a pool of livers. <laughs> Sources for this story are mirror.co.uk, pluckley.net, London Walking Tours, Kent Live, and britainexpress.com. Ooh. So for those of you that aren't from Kent, or even England, which is most of you from our statistics, Kent is a can- uh, county in the southeast Kent of England. Kent is a what? <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna get off Spotify. Excuse you? Because I went to say Kent country. Kent is a what? Because <laughs> I went to say country, and then I was like, it's not country, it's county. And it borders Great London and also the water, because England is on a tiny island. She's gonna laugh at cunty for the whole time. <laughs> Pluckley is a historic neighbourhood that was founded in around the 1500s. It's very quaint and picturesque, apparently. I've not been. Have you been? I think I went when I was younger, yeah. It's not super close. It's about like, we've got the high speed train near us, and it's about 10 minutes on that, so it's probably like a, a 40 minute normal train. Yeah. It's also known to be the most haunted village in the whole of Britain, Ooh. which is cute. It's cute. Love that for them. Great title. Many of the places around the village are connected to the Daring family, who were the lords of the manor from the 15th century up until World War One. Fun fact. Long time, out. One of the most beloved things about the village is that it has round-topped windows on almost all of the buildings. And this is because Lord Daring escaped being captured by Cromwell's forces by diving headfirst through a round-top window. And because he survived, he wanted all of the windows on his new manor house to be built in this style, and the rest of the village copied. That's such a sweet little story. However, I did also read on a different source that the windows are rounded because people thought that they looked nice. Oh. And also because it's good luck. So, believe what you will. It might be both. Might be that it's lucky because he dived through the dove. Went through the window. Divin. <laughs> the village received the most haunted village achievement officially back in 1998 by the Guinness Book of World Records. That was a great year, that. Okay, if we haven't figured out Kate's birthday <laughs> this episode, she's hinting. Get that fruit basket ready. Um, it's it's nearly my birthday again. Everyone get your fruit baskets ready. Start wrapping them up. <laughs> Use your customs. Come on. I don't want to have to pay for it. I know you're in America. I'm not going to pay the extra. But the first ghost sightings were recorded in 1955. I think. So, let me introduce you to the ghosts. Behind Dumb Number One. He's romantic. <laughs> He's from the Tudor Times. It's the ghostly monk. Whoa! This man haunts a house or an area. I don't know whether it's like a house or a graveyard or 
Anyways, uh-huh. it's called Greystones, and it was built in 1863, and it was the home of the rector from the church nearby. So this monk is thought to have lived in the 1500s, and is thought to have fallen in love with the daughter of a man nearby. She tragically died, and we'll get to her later, and he continued to roam the area sadly, in the places that they'd once walked together. He was last seen in 1989 by a journalist, and people think it's because they changed the name of the area. It was renamed from Rectory Cottage, so I guess it is a house, to Greystones, and since then, nobody has seen him. Oh, bless him. The church also has some ghostly girls. The Red Lady, oh my god, the Red Lady and the White Lady. We have got a lot of just ladies that we colorize here in the UK. Right? What's that about? I was thinking about that. I feel like the grey lady is everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. We know her. Yeah, we know her. We love her. We appreciate her. The white lady, everywhere. Red lady is, is less often used. You just see someone in, a, in an outfit, don't you? And you're like, that's them. It feels like kids are naming these ghosts. I guess it's kind of disrespectful, though, to be like, that's Susan. That's the silly hat man. Yeah, that's not Susan. You don't know her. Maybe it is. Maybe you know. There are lots of names out there. We don't know. True. I don't know. The red lady just feels like no one tried. Oh, it's that lady again. She's red. Have we tried asking them what they want to be called? I don't think many people are getting into chats with ghosts. I'll write them a letter. Hey, red lady. (laughs) Do you want to call you something else? She's like, Bob. Bob, the red lady, was married to a member of the Daring family, and she gave birth to a stillborn baby who was buried somewhere in the graveyard. And she was later buried in the same graveyard in a lead coffin with a single red rose placed on top of it. That's sad. There have been sightings of her wandering the graveyard wailing and searching for the grave of her baby holding the red rose. Oh. The lady in white was also thought to be part of the Daring family and said to haunt the church and the library of her old home. The house was used as a base between World War I and II, and many people saw her, including one man who held an all-night vigil on Christmas Eve, and the lady in white appeared before him, and in shock, he shot at her with his rifle. Fair enough. But obviously nothing happened. Well, (laughs) I should hope not. And finally, she was killed again. Also, sorry if you hear any noises in the background. It's all the builders in our apartment complex are all running out because they're to the end of the day. Yeah, they're all running home so that they can not fix my heating or leak. (laughs) (laughs) You're so lucky that we're recording today, as a side note, because earlier our ceiling started dripping water. Please donate to us on Patreon so we can move out. (laughs) No, don't really. Um, maybe. Anyway, somewhat recently, a blocked-up secret passage was discovered that connects the house to the church which is probably why she's seen in both places, because she can easily just sort of move through it. It must be cool to be a ghost and just go through the walls, if that's how it works. I'd love to. I I think we've spoken about this before. We have. Yeah. Where they just move in one pattern yeah. sometimes. Yeah. But imagine if you were like a, a fully sentient ghost. You're you, but as a ghost. And you can just be like, I want to go to Taco Bell or somewhere. Oh, and- Give it a rest, Taco Squad. And instead of having to like walk down the roads, you could just go in one straight line through everything. Sounds pretty, pretty freaking good. A strange light is also often seen coming from the church. A knocking comes from the vault under the floor. Oh, which I'd is crap very myself. scary. 
Also, at one point, a paranormal investigator spent the night here in the 70s, and he complained the next morning that the vicar's dog came to visit him multiple times and gave him a restless night. So he was pretty surprised when the vicar said that he doesn't have a dog. I could have been a stray. Maybe. Maybe. I would prefer to believe that. Also, yeah, what is it about us with ghost dogs as well? There are a few ghost dogs in here. I feel like England's got two things that we do really well. I mean, minus like tea and fish and chips. We've got ghost dogs and we've got women in colours. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Come to England. We got four things. We Whoa. got fish and chips. We got tea. We got white ladies and we got dogs. <laughs> Why is it that people think that British people are attractive? I'm sure no one thinks that about us. People think we're attractive. <laughs> oh my god. Let us know if you think we're attractive. I did not mean us. No. <laughs> just went like British oh people. God. You guys general. have a crush on me? Oh my god. You thought you didn't you thought we wouldn't know. <laughs> Next this episode is shit. Next up is the Highwayman, who haunts Fright Corner. That's the name of it. It's believed that in the eighteenth century he got into a bad fight with some lawmen or enemies and he was chased across the fields. He finally gave up and stood with his back against a large oak tree and prepared to give it his all, and he fought against the men well, but he met his gruesome end when they pinned him against the tree with their swords. Maybe it's called Fight Corner, and people have just... Possibly. Bedazzled it. People say that they sometimes see the man slumped where the tree would be, because it was removed in 1977, and sometimes the scene reenacts itself with the same outcome each time. That's so sad. It's like Happy Death Day. I guess, yeah. Oh, this poor man. Someone help him out. Someone Rope. take your rapier over to the fields and start stabbing at them ghosty men. Rose Court is another building built and owned by the Daring family. We're going back to uh, the monk at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It was built for a mistress in the Tudor times, and she's thought to have been the girl that fell in love with the monk while she was still with Mr. Daring. <sighs> So we know how that worked out for the monk. So it's no surprise this lady met a tragic end. It's said that she found being in love with these two men so distressing that she distilled the juices of ivy and poisonous berries and went out with a fatal cocktail. What a legend. If you've got to go. Right? Do it with the juice, I guess. Yeah. I wonder how it tasted, because I always Terrible. think the... Oh. I don't know. I've never tried it, obviously. Oh, I was going to say, like, I always think that poison tastes bad. But if it's with berries, how bad can it be? Try it, but only once. <laughs> I'll finally have my answer. When she was discovered, she'd been looking across to where the monk lived, and she often moves things around, groans, and disturbs people in the early hours in this house. What a gem. It's like living with you. <laughs> As if that was uncalled for. Our next lady is the watercress lady, or sometimes referred to as the gypsy or the gypsy lady. She was known for being an old, eccentric lady that collected watercress to sell to the villagers. She was chatty and wholesome and well-known. At the end of her day, she would sit at the edge of the bridge, smoke from her pipe and drink gin from a flask. It was me. Spoiler. I am watercress lady. Also, this is horrible, but one night she wa she fell asleep while she was sat smoking her pipe and the pipe dropped onto her clothing rags, no. lighting her into a ball of flames. Oh, no. And nobody heard her scream. No! The next day they found her pipe and her body and the ghost has been seen many times since. Some people said that they see her screaming on fire, 
Oh my god. Some people see her as a misty figure that smokes her pipe calmly on the bridge. And some people see a pink glow that hovers in the air where she died. I love that she still never quit smoking even after, you know, it literally was the death of her. Well, I mean, you're already dead. Might as well just enjoy it. You've got nothing to lose now. Literally zero things. If you're at the village and you want to go for a drink while you're there, you can head over to the blacksmith's arms. And if you're lonely, I'm sure the three ghosts there will keep you company. The pub, previously also named the Ghost's Arms, so points for self-awareness, was built in the 14th century to house a blacksmith. The ghosts are a cavalier who strides in and out of the upstairs rooms, a Tudor maid who gently tends to the fire, and a coachman. If you don't know the sound of that pub, you can head over to the Hunting Lodge pub for a drink. I but feel there like- is a ghost woman with a bonnet drinking at the bar. So You sound like you've been hired by Kent Live or Kent Messenger. And you're just absolutely selling quickly. Yeah. Well, another pub in the village is the Black Horse Inn. It's also haunted by an unknown ghost. It often helps out with tidying up at the end of the night. It's also thought to appear in the kitchen because the owner's dogs stop and bark at one particular spot. There's also a room in the building that the dogs just won't go in. I wish my pub ghost was that helpful. Yeah, apparently it like cleans the cutlery and stuff. That's so sweet. That's me as a ghost, just tidying up, saying hi to the dogs. That's literally me. Whenever I go out to a pub or a restaurant or whatever, I always try and like do the most to help. <laughs> I always like bring glasses in and stuff. So if I was a if I was a ghost stuck in a pub, forever, oh my god! First of all, I would hate it, and second of all, I would be so helpful. That's good to know. Over like, time, who kill you in a pub? Don't. Do I'll, I'll drink could... my lethal cocktail in the pub. I'd write, you know, when they write um in movies on the mirror with like blood or like mist. Mm. I'd write like make me chips, table four, <laughs> pint of beer. I'd write like um you have lipstick on your teeth. You know what I mean? And like help people out because I feel like <laughs> I feel like, like veggie burger, <laughs> table three. Friends aren't what they used to be nowadays, and here's why. I feel like. I'm not done. You used to be able to say to your friends, hey, you ain't looking so hot. Like, you need to sort like your hair out. Let me help you, you know? Mm-hmm. And now no one does it. I've looked at my teeth so many times in the mirror and I've got like random herbs and spices in there. And I'm like, oh, I tell you. You don't. I do. I'm trying to. The amount of time I've had oregano in between my front teeth. Maybe I just think that's what your teeth look like. Jenny Green teeth. Stop. <laughs> See, I wrote speaking of dogs, but we just spoke about teeth. So anyway, dogs. You can often hear a man and a woman having a conversation in in the street, and a little dog yaps. They pass down the road, and then they just keep talking as they go and leave. Oh. I was thinking, do you think the ghost dogs hang out? With each other? Yeah. Maybe, but I don't think that ghosts are all on the same plane. No, me either. I feel like... It would be cool if they did, though. There was a... um, Was it the BBC? I don't remember... It was called Ghosts, and it was from the people that did Horrible Histories. It was really entertaining. You should watch it. And that was like ghosts on the same plane. But I don't think that's that's how they go. I think some of them are. But I think some of them are just, you know. Think about the amount of ghosts there must be. If they were all on the same plane, my yeah, God. floating in a different world. Could you imagine if they were all on the same on the same plane? God, I'd be so like, busy. You'd be like sardines. It's like when like we're sat here now and there's like 12 million ghosts with us in the room. So, that, that's that, who our listeners are 
<laughs> I wish there were 12 million of them. Do you, was it an episode we talked about where I was like, do you ever just stand in a spot and think of the dinosaurs that walked here? I don't know because I have to hang out with you all the time because we live together. <laughs> I talk about that a lot. You talk, you talk a lot of shit. Reminds up. me that I love dinosaurs. Also, on the topic of animals, there's a little bakery that used to have a Victorian fireplace in it. And when they were renovating the property, they removed this fireplace and it prompted a bunch of ghostly activity, like hearing footsteps towards the fireplace, cold spots and chills. Mm. Also, right outside is a super common road for the popular horse-drawn coach to pass by. What the what? Horse-drawn coach. Courage. Thrust or carriage. It's it's ghosts. It's ghost horse. <laughs> the ghost horse and carriage often race by the houses in the early hours of the morning. Some people have seen the horses, and people usually hear it because it's obviously really loud. It's a bunch of horses. In one instance, a babysitter saw the coach with its light on coming from its windows, and it went across the street. And it's so real feeling that in 1987, a driver almost crashed when they heard the sound of horses on a cobbled street coming towards him. Wow. Back in the early 1900s, a miller named Dickie Buss was a well-known figure who obviously ran the windmill. He closed his mill in 1930, and it was destroyed in a storm in 1939. However, the ruined and abandoned mill still stands, and Dickie is often spotted just before a thunderstorm hits. When he was alive, Dickie was so popular that they named a lane after him, it's sort of a woodland walk, surrounded by trees and nature. Dicky Buss's Lane, although it sounds lovely, was apparently the location for a suicide by a teacher during World War I. His body was found several weeks later, and his ghost can often be seen roaming around the woods. If you'd rather go to a different woods, though, you can always head to the Screaming Woods. This wood is filled with muddy paths and tall trees. Many people who pass through these woods, especially at night, hear sudden, loud, and terrifying screams from dim, disembodied men and women coming from within. It's so loud that it sends birds flapping from the trees, and the voices are thought to be those who died while lost in the misty woods many years ago. Some people choose to camp in the woods to test their fears. Also, if you're interested in hearing more screams of agony, you can go to a building where a brickworker was crushed to death by a wall of clay, and you can still hear him scream from the site of the brickworks. Oh no. And that's all the spooky ghosts I have for you. What they you started think? out so chill. I was like, oh, there's a monk. Whoa. Lady. <laughs> Dog. And I was like, this horrible thing happened, and then this awful thing happened. This man was crushed by clay. I think, luckily, is a an enriched place. Oh, for sure. You will definitely learn something whether you wanted to or not. You might see something spooky. Apparently a lot of the residents are a bit annoyed because they're like, it's not haunted. But the people who work in the pubs are like, it's haunted. Pubs are always haunted though. Because pubs are old. They are old. Especially in England. I feel like Americans think that things are old, but like they're not really old. Because America is young. I, I thought didn't think they have pubs in America. See... This whole episode is just me embarrassing myself about America and glass bottles. Well, I feel like bars are more of a thing in America. But like, they, I feel like they've got like old Irish pubs, you know what I mean? Probably. Oh yeah, everything here is like really old. Yeah, we ha- we only really have like newer buildings in like cities and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so pubs are always haunted. And every village has a pub. And there are many, many villages. 
my village had four pubs. That is true. <laughs> so. Yeah, this one has three. So. Exactly. You want to do the scare scale? Of course. How scary? I'm going to say three, because some of them seemed absolutely harmless, and then some of them, like if I was watching a woman being engulfed by flames, I think I would be very scared. Fair enough. How dangerous? Like a two, maybe. Because, mainly because of the horse. Because if you're trying to drive and you think there is a horse and cart coming right for you. I thought you meant like getting rammed by the horse and cart. Oh my god, no. <laughs> Just get out of the way. No, like that driver that swerved, like that's yeah. totally a thing that could happen. For sure, definitely. Any other ideas? Oh wait, likelihood. I was going to say. Um, How likely is it that this place has 15 plus ghosts? I think they are definitely haunted. I'm going to say a five for haunted. I'm not sure if all of the ghosts are there or if it was kind of like a, a snowball effect. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what are your ideas? Do you think that some of them are real and then they've pushed the idea more for the the title? Or Yeah, I think maybe some of them are real and then some of them it's like, um, oh, in the 15th century, a woman died here. You know, because the, I feel like those are shared on Facebook and stuff, and then you do some digging and it's not true. Definitely, definitely. It happens all the time. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know if I trust people's knowledge of old history that well. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think there's, like, a ghost, at least. Anything else? Um, it could just be a tourist thing. Yep. Uh... That's all I've got, really. It's either a ghost or it's not, isn't it? Yep, that's kind of how it is with these ones. But I did think it was quite fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a bit of a chill episode this week. Definitely. Chiller. No one died recently. True, yeah. It's a good time if no one's died recently. <laughs> In the world. Yeah. With that piece of lasting knowledge, don't listen before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs> <laughs>